conviction. We're going to a new series called Spiritual Warfare. And that's why I like songs like We Will See a Victory. You've got to know that is the God, that's the hope that God has placed in us. He's told us before that we're going to be in a victory, that we are victorious. You know, we should be the most lively kind of people on this planet because we are the winners. Jesus won the victory for us. Amen. There should be no doom and gloom in our looks. Like, you know, because the world situation gets a little bit tough now and again. We shouldn't be one of those that get deflated. Like, oh, it's all over. It's all so hard. No, we should be singing. We're going to take the victory. We're going to have a victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm really excited about this whole series because we're living in some unusual times, as you're all aware of. And... Um, seeing some incredible things take place. And you're going to see a revival take place, I believe. I believe that God is about to raise His hand and we're going to see the power of God move through this nation like you've never seen before. It's starting to move already in America. I've seen reports there of churches tripling in size in this time. We're going to see that here, amen. But we're going to realize that we are in a spiritual battle right now. You know, we, we kind of like watch a lot of movies with challenges in them. You know, we see the bad guys, the good guys. And we kind of somehow put that in our head as it's like a movie. And when it plays out in real life, we sometimes miss what is what actually taking place. There is fighting going on all around us. There is a battle for the soul of every human being on this planet. God is fighting for you. God is with you. We got to understand there is an enemy, a devil, and he doesn't want anyone to be saved. He's out, he's bent outright to stop you getting saved, to hearing the good news of the gospel, and he's out to destroy you. You know, I was just having a conversation last night, uh, probably some 10 years ago, a small team, Leanne, you were there when we went to Papua New Guinea. How long ago was that? I can't remember now, it might be 10 years ago. We had a phone call from one of our oversides saying, hey, look, we want to send a missions team to Papua New Guinea. There's a lot of spiritual warfare that takes place in there uh, with the tribe and stuff. And um, we said, oh, yeah, we, we'd help out. No worries, we, we'll give you a hand, that's fine. And um, they said, yeah, we've got a team. Some come from New Zealand, some coming from different parts of Australia. I said, great, I'd love to be part of that team, learn a bit more about mission work and stuff. There's, I'd only ever been on one at this stage. And as the time got closer, we got down to like um, two weeks out. I get a phone call from the guy who's organizing it. He says, look, just kind of catching up with you. How, how are you feeling about this thing? And I say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go. We're, I've got a small team, we'll go. We're, we'll come to support you. He goes, well, kind of got some news for you. And uh, I said, what's that? He goes, we can't go. I mean, what, none of us? He goes, no, no, you can go, but we can't go. Everyone's sort of pulled out there. And I said, what are you saying here? And he says, well, you're it. <laughs> and I said, well, I've never been there. I don't know anyone. You know, I've never actually run a kind of a missions trip on my own. And uh, so three brave warriors, that's myself, Leanne, and Steve said, okay, let's just do this. We, we need to do this. We had four days of meetings and um, speaking engagements. And we just said, let's just do it. We don't know how we're going to do it, but we trust in God. We believe God had called us to go at that moment and we're going to trust and we didn't know what we're going to encounter. We encountered something as soon as we touched 
ground on, in Port Moresby. I was all good. As soon as we got ground in Port Moresby, something came upon me. And I know now it was a spiritual force against me because it was 36 degrees and I'm suddenly feeling freezing cold. I had to put a jacket in it. I'm shivering. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, Leanne. These guys were fine and uh, I was missing my breakfasts. I, I just kept going to bed early and then I'd just get up and struggle through preaching the next day. And uh, that was just something, you know, I never even thought about it. But the day we left, got on that plane, suddenly something just lifted off me and I was fine again. It really gave me an understanding that there is spiritual warfare out there that was trying to stop us. I, but I, I was determined, I said, I don't care how sick I feel I'm gonna get through this thing and just push through it. And we need to be like that. We need to know the devil will throw his tricks at you, but greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Amen. So we are more than conquerors. We've got to rise up and uh, take on that spiritual warfare. The thing is, a lot of us are not aware of that there is a spiritual warfare going on. You know, some of us just think it's just day to day living but there is more at play. There's always more at play. The devil is scheming. And Paul says to us in the scriptures that we should not be ignorant of his devices, meaning the devil's devices. He is plotting and planning, scheming uh, against us daily. He hates us. He hates us with a passion because when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees the image of God. He sees the likeness of God that we were made of, which Genesis tells us in one, uh, chapter 1, verse 26, 27. He just doesn't like you. He really doesn't like you. And he'll do all he can to pull you apart, to bring you down, to make you think your world's not worth living. That's why our suicide rates, uh, rates are so high right now, because he's convinced people that life is not worth living. He, he's, got, he's got people cons, um, just totally confused and uh, uh, in a mess. But that's where we come in. We come in with the good news, the gospel news that there is a Savior that came for such a time like this. You know, in fact, in nine, uh, 2009, the Barna, Christian Barna study put out a study questioning this whole thing about this evil force, as we know, Satan. It says nearly six out of 10 Christians either strongly agreed or somewhat agreed with this statement, that Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil, the survey found. The devil doesn't care if you believe in him. He's out to stop you believing in Jesus and the gift of God. Satan is a real person. The Bible is very clear about that. He's not just some sort of cartoon character running around in red pajamas with little horns on his head. He is a real being. And he was also created in the heavens. Because we know what happened there. We've got to understand this morning, identify who the devil is. He is your enemy. This morning, I want you to come to, with me to uh, the scripture I'm going to take this from is 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And I'm going to read from that, then I'll, I'll let you take a seat. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Chantel. That was great. Awesome. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, He who preaches sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. <clears throat> for this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might undo the works of the devil. Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. 
We know the devil's background is that he was created by God. He was a beautiful angel, you know, of the highest level. Isaiah picks it up in chapter 14, verse 12, where he says this, How you have fallen from the heavens, O shining star, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground for who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will go up to the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will go up above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. We need to identify and understand our enemy. If you're going to fight against an enemy, you need to understand your enemy. Here, Isaiah gives a description of the devil himself and how he fell from heaven. Because he thought he'd be superior to the Most High God. I will make myself I, 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 I. Isn't it interesting we've got a world we live in where it's all about I. And that's exactly how the devil wants it. In fact, in the satanic um, um, church, they, they have a motto that thou shalt do as thou wilt be the whole of the law. That's what they're taught in Satanism. And, uh, but we have a God that is above all these things. And um, we're going to unpack a bit of this today. But I just want to pray this morning before I get really started into this. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that God, you'll clearly show us uh, that we are more than conquerors, that we have the power over the enemy through Jesus. And today, God, I pray you'll speak to each one of us that we need to rise up in this time. For God, you put within us a heart for you, uh, the good news of the gospel to spread to those that we don't yet know or they don't know you. Father, I pray today that your power, your fire will fill us afresh this morning. That we'll rise up out of this place feeling like champions that we are called to be. The, the, the people that you've called us to be. So Father, this morning I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So here we see from this passage, Satan wanted to be like the Most High God. God cast him down from the earth and he took one third of God's angels. And that's quite a few angels, I'm telling you. So those angels, you know, like it talks about myriads of angels in the Bible. So you're talking thousands of angels and taking a third. I don't know exactly how many that is, but there's a lot of angels, fallen angels that are running amok. And, uh, and we're seeing that play out today in many ways in our world right now. See, the devil hasn't, didn't just want to be like the Most High God. He was passionate about it. Even when he was thrown down onto the earth, that wasn't the end of it for him. He hadn't said, well, that's it. Um, um, I've lost. He was determined to try and win that position. And, uh, and that's why he wreaks havoc amongst us right now, trying to draw people into his kingdom, which is going to be destroyed. It is destroyed by the works of the cross. But he wants people to come to him, and he's deceiving many right now. That people out there need to know the good news of the gospel, that there is an enemy against them. God is for you. He is against you. We see that right in the beginning, Satan deceived Adam and Eve in the garden with a lie. You know, it says that Satan is the father of all lies. There is no good found in him. He is a liar. Like, he can't help himself. You know, like some people tell little lies, and they say little white lies. Oh, it's just a white lie. But it's probably not always what you'd say. But Satan lies, full stop. He just can't help him. That's just who he is. It just comes out of him. That's why he's referred to as the father of all lies. And that is his weapon against us. His weapon to against the population of this planet is deceit and lies. 
He comes as a, to kill, steal, and destroy, as it says in John 10.10. He is a thief. There is nothing good found in him. And we've got to understand that. This is the enemy that's working against you, and he's working through all sorts of people. He works in through people that you would never think. Even Jesus had an encounter when Peter uh, spoke out against Jesus, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. The voice of Satan can travel through many um, many avenues and we're seeing that play out today in the news the news is one of the great big deceivers we 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 see and i I love what donald trump says here whether you like donald trump or not he was a hitter on the head here when he said the fake news because you have a narrative you've got a devil working and conspiring against each one of us and he's using forces he's using people he's using everything he can at his hand to deceive you so there's narratives coming through the news which aren't even true. One of the great examples of that is just like this morning, I just heard that Donald Trump's impeachment, ha- he's been uh, acquitted. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Acquitted. Acquitted. And I thought, wow, this is great. We knew he had, they had no evidence at all. But you can see the work of the devil in all that. They wanted to pull Donald Trump down. Donald Trump, see, the mainstream news media will show that he's an idiot, he's a bad man, he's this, he's that, whatever. But that is actually the hatred of the devil wanting to pull him down because there's prophets, that, if you read, prophets have spoken that God was using Donald Trump to bring revival to America. And, um, you know, you won't see that in the mainstream news. You go, hang on, that's not what I heard. You know, Donald Trump's a bad man, is he? Have a look at what he's done. I, I recently sent someone a whole document on all the things he's achieved, like he said he would when he got into power. But the enemy lies, the enemy cheats and destroys, and, and that's, that's, that's what they've done in America. They've, they've created this whole issue of fighting, infighting, whatever, and the Democrats don't like Donald Trump at all, and uh, so they were trying to impeach him on things that weren't even true, and they used the media to do that. Speeches that he said they left, they cut out in their trial in their court trials. They took out particular passage that Trump had said, and uh, so they they made this whole story up. Basically, Donald Trump said, "Let's go peacefully um, march towards towards uh, uh, Capitol Hill and uh, and protest as patriots." He didn't say anything like that, but they cut those things out. So when they presented the court, they just took snippets and tried to frame him in another way. That's what the enemy does. It changes what the truth is. And you've only got to see what the uh, new administration has done since they've been in power in America. They reverse everything that Trump has done. So, uh, and Hillary's Biden being spoken of as a Catholic, well, even the Catholics are angry with him because he wants a, abortion to birth. He wants everything we think of is ungodly. He's, he's actually signing into power right now. So it's quite easy to start distinguish, distinguishing the, the, uh, the enemy by the works. By their works, they shall be known. And that's where you've got to be, don't listen to the fake news or whatever. Go, no, I'm going to check this out for myself. I'm one of those people, I hear different stories, I want to go investigate for myself. I don't get swayed by people's opinions. I don't get swayed by what people think is truth. I want to know what truth is because Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. And, uh, and this is so true. So we have an enemy called the devil and uh, causing havoc and working through people. You've got to understand the devil like, is very sneaky. He works through people. 
He speaks through people. And, uh, and he's a silent sort of attacker because the thing is, if he came out in the open, everyone go, well, the devil is real. That's it. I need God, you know. But he knows that. He doesn't want that sort of response. So he's going to hide. He hides in the darkness. That's why the Bible says everything needs to be exposed, brought to the light. The devil doesn't work in the light, in the daytime. It's in the dark time and, and all those things. The Bible uh, shows you clearly of his position. Um, in 2 uh, Corinthians 4, 4, it says he's referred to as the God of this world. In John 14, 30, he says, I no longer speak many things with you, for the ruler of the world comes, Jesus said, and he has nothing in me. He's also called the ruler of the world, which is judged. Jesus didn't dispute this, uh, this claim of, of the devil. Because if you remember in Matthew chapter 4, uh, where Jesus is taken into the wilderness, it says, uh, again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give unto you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The devil took Jesus up to the mountain and said, Have a look out. Everything you can see, I will give to you. What gave the right of the devil to make that such an offer? It's because he did have control. You remember back in the garden, Adam... Adam and Eve, God gave all dominion over the animals and the plant life. God gave control to these guys. But they sinned. They listened to the devil and they gave it all over to the devil. So he had power. He had, you know, he had the uh, rights to everything on the earth. That's why Jesus, uh, in this encounter, was offered everything by the devil because it kind of feels a bit weird otherwise. Um, but it says, Jesus made it very clear when he said, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil thought he had all control. The devil is still trying to act as if he has control. He's still trying to get people to believe he still has control. But he has no control in the ultimate plan of, of, of eternity. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it says in 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of God was revealed. God himself was the only one who could defeat the devil and break the power of sin. Mankind was powerless to do so. We couldn't do it on our own because we were sinful. God had to do it himself through his son to defeat the work of the devil and bring back that control. Just think about it. Jesus left perfect heaven to confront the devil. He left heaven to come down here to defeat the devil. His assignment was to bring back the rule of God back onto earth as in heaven. That's why we say... At, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that prayer, we're not just reciting some nice words, but we're actually declaring in the spiritual realm God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven because it had lost control under Adam and Eve. In heaven, it is a perfect environment. It is totally ruled and run without a doubt by, you know, God has total control over there. At the moment, the goddess will be in Satan is going to come under the feet of, the, of Jesus very soon when it all comes to an end and judgment day comes. But we are called in the meantime to advance, to advance and preach the gospel that we have heaven here on earth. And that's, that's the rule thing. When it says your kingdom, a kingdom is, we kind of, when we think of a kingdom, we think of the old movies of the castle and the kings in the castle, the queens and all that stuff. A kingdom is referring to the rule the reign of an area. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, it's his area of reign. 
The devil is trying to have his area of reign. But when we come with the power and the kingdom of God, we do away with his reign totally and we take power. For Jesus came for such a purpose as this. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. People are lost right now, and uh, we need to be the ones that bring them the message. Amen? We need to tell them the truth, the gospel, that Jesus has defeated the works of the enemy, and he's coming back again for us, and we need to be ready to receive him. So... Uh, the whole, whole issue of what's going on in our world right now is being outplayed by the devil. The devil is having a field day. Um, you know, the more and more reports I see what happens in our world, we like to think our world is okay, but there's some real evil stuff going on there. And we've witnessed that time and time again. Last year, a group of us were in Myanmar, and, uh, and I've shared the story with some before that we were in this little village up in the Himalayan mountains. Village of 400, we've been there kind of several times and it's all been good. And these guys are on fire for Jesus, you know, like every meeting, everyone's dancing up and down and getting into it. It was amazing. Seeing the little kids bouncing up and down, they're awesome. And, um, but this time it was something different. We went to the meeting and it was like dead. I go, wow, what's going on here? There's something not right here. I, you know, it's like preaching against a brick wall. Is there was no response. There was something going on, seriously. And we spoke, the team and I spoke, and we said, look, there's something not right. There's a spiritual thing going on here. I got in contact with one of the pastors in the village, and I said, look, what's going on here? This is not what it used to be. I've only been gone a year, and it's like it's changed. And he said, he says, well, there's been a lot of witchcraft up in the mountains, and they've been pushing into our villages and practicing witchcraft and curses and all sorts of stuff and he says you know i just feel like so defeated i've i've been battling here on my own uh, f for 10 years in this village and i've not seen anything like this it's just wearing me down and and, and i just kind of feel like i'm going to quit and i said no you're not going to quit because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world and i said god has not called you to this place at such a time as this to be defeated you have authority and a power over the enemy you need to rise up and realize that. I said, you need to structure everybody. I said, we, we, we said look, we're going to do this straight away. Tomorrow morning, our, our team is going to go right through this village. We're going to pray, man. We're going to pray over this village. We're going to pray uh, over this whole place. We walked through that village that day, and we start proclaiming the name of Jesus. And, um, and we, we invite them to join us. And in the morning, there was a couple of prayer warriors coming out, and we're joining with them. And it's, you could feel the atmosphere starting to break. There was something breaking because we lifted up the name of Jesus as we spoke out of his name and said, we are not going to take this devil. We are not going to take this. You have no rights in this village. This is for Jesus. And um, as I started speaking and the team, like encouraging everybody in this, we said, you need to have prayer meetings every morning in this place and keep proclaiming God's victory over this village. You need to be pushing into there. And as, as we did that, you know, the next morning, uh, the pastor said to me, he goes, Pastor, you gave me hope. He said, I really was going to quit, but now I'm not. I'm going to fight. And I said, get that sword ready. <laughs> I said, you're going to fight. And I said, when I come back here, I want to see a complete change. And uh, uh, so he was very encouraged. And uh, sometimes you just need that encouragement. If you're going through a rough time right now, get along somebody. They're with the fire of God in them. They're going to really lift you up, I tell you. 
because the devil likes to make you feel defeated. And, uh, but Jesus is full of life, and he wants you to be full of life. So, because this is the main thing. Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. Do you imagine what it would be like if Jesus didn't come back? <laughs> we'd be a, it'd be a terrible mess. Because the devil is always plotting and scheming against us. But he came to undo the works of the devil. And that same power that Jesus had against the devil has been given to us. Jesus gives us the power over the enemy. Jesus uh, commands us to go into the world and demonstrate that power to people. Lay hands on the sick. You know, um, through Jesus we have the power to break through the gates of the enemy and, and set the captives free. This is the church's assignment. You know, we're not just here as a club, like to meet weekly and go, hey, how's your week been? You know, it's great to actually have fellowship like that, but there's more than that. There's so much more than that. We have an assignment, church. We have been assigned by the Most High God to preach the gospel, the good news, defeat the works of the enemy. The weapons of the enemy use, uh, like I said, his, en- <coughs> excuse me, the weapons of the enemy uses lies, deception, and sickness. You know, this is some of his tools, lies, deception, and sickness. How many people are always feeling sick? God doesn't bring sickness upon people. It says, by, by his stripes we are healed. God heals us of our sicknesses. So we've got to understand the keys that are in our hands and the weapons that God has given us. Our weapons are prayer. When we pray, we invoke the presence of God, the power of God to move in our situation. We see breakthrough happen. The devil doesn't like it. Years ago, we had a, uh, Ian McCormack here. Ian McCormack's got a, uh, a story. He's stung by a box of jellyfish and, and all that, and uh, he lived through all that. But anyway, he had a great ministry, and he still has, around the world. And we had him speak here, and he said, wow. He said, you know what? Because we had him for two meetings that day. He said, I felt a real oppression, a real heaviness in, in this church. And I said, yeah, we know. This is in the early days. Uh, he said, like, and we said, yeah, we don't know, other than we've been told that there's witchcraft happening big time in Salisbury and Elizabeth area. In fact, when we first opened this church, we, nobody even knew we were a church, and we had a warlock praying in the car park. Uh, we had a youth meeting, and someone was walking up and down. One of the guys, security guys, sort of went over there and said, what are you doing here? He says, I'm praying a curse on your church. And he said, you can rack off. <laughs> and we just prayed over it. But it was a very real thing. It was funny how the enemy knew we were here before any of the neighborhood knew we were here. And um, so the enemy knows those sort of things. And, uh, but we, we've got to actually realize that we have weapons in our hands. We have weapons uh, to oversee. You know, we have weapons. And so Ian McCormack said, look, the oppression is heavy on this. So that day we prayed and we, we you know, fasted. We started praying. And that night the meeting was different. The meeting was different. When we prayed the presence of God, we took power over the enemy. We prayed over the enemy to gone in Jesus' name. And, uh, you know, we've done that over this place. We've been around this property praying, uh, you know, this is holy ground. This is God's ground. The enemy has no rights here. See, when you are, understand what God has placed in you and you start declaring those things, the enemy gets scared, you know. The enemy is scared of you. But you kind of think the enemy is bigger than you, but he's not. He's not. Because of who's in you. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Remember that. Greater is Jesus that is in you than he who is in the world. 
That means you are more than a conqueror. So our weapons are prayer. When we come to pray, the atmosphere breaks. You know, I've been in meetings where people have come in and we start praying and worshiping God and the presence of God is like really there. And you see people shaking. You see people getting uncomfortable and, and they can't sit around. They're, they're, they're walking out because they've not yet obviously received Jesus. I'm talking about visitors that come randomly from time to time. Uh, you know, you see that God's touching them right now and they can't handle it because there's something in them that is not God and they need to be uh, um, like changed from all that. They need, they need to be set free from that. And that's what we're here for. We're here to set people free, to set the captives free, to see Jesus reign. Amen. So our weapons, that's why prayer meetings are so powerful. Look, don't think when we say, oh, we've got a prayer meet Wednesday, come along, it's all be fun and stuff. You need to be here. We're on assignment, church, to break the power of the enemy over this area of Salisbury, and we are doing it. I'm telling you, there's change happening in this area from when we first got here. You know, they used to say this would be a graveyard of churches. That's what I was told when we, we started. They said, oh, I wouldn't plant a church in Salisbury. It's a graveyard of churches. I said, well, we're about to change that then, aren't we? And we have. Well, we've been fighting and pushing through, and we continue to do that. Another one of our weapons is truth. There is not your truth, my truth, somebody else's truth. There is your opinion, and then there's the truth. There is only one truth, and Jesus is that truth. The world is deceiving. That's how the devil has deceived people again by bringing this whole concept of your truth. Oh, that's your truth. My truth is this, and her truth is that. There is none. That's opinions. Your opinion is this, your opinion is that, but this is the truth. And as I think Sharon said the other week, um, uh, was it truth doesn't care about your... Sorry, was it? Yeah, truth doesn't care about your feelings. (laughs) Because that's what the devil's made it now. He's made a world where everyone's so offended. And he likes that. He wants to keep you all offended. Always upset. Always worried. Somebody looked at me the wrong way. Somebody said the wrong words. You know, he wants that to keep like that. But God has called us to come together in unity and power and, and to forgive. Wow, that's a big one. Forgive. People have got to learn that word forgive because there's so many people harboring things. And the devil will use that. Don't give the opportunity, don't let the devil have any opportunity whatsoever in your life. If, you're, if you have unforgiveness in your heart today to anyone, you know, that's, a, that's a, a, an open door for the devil to come in. Like, oh, cool, they're, they're offended. I can get in on here. And you know, the devil always ramp things up. Whatever was small is like a seed. And uh, if you don't deal with it that size, it grows into a bush and produces more seed. And and I've seen this in family breakdowns over the many years where families don't talk to each other. They haven't talked to each other for years, you know, whatever. And I go, what was that about? Oh, it was just something, you know, uh, they said the wrong thing and, oh, I'm not going to forgive them. And, and, and then all of a sudden it blows up into so, such a big thing. They think, how am I ever going to restore this now because we're just like so far apart. And, uh, you know, I, I met my... I met a couple of uncles when I was in England and I hadn't even met before and it was all over a little disagreement like that. And it's just ridiculous how people get this offense thing going and allowing it to grow into a big bush and a big plant and produce fruit and it continues to grow. That's what Jesus says, forgive. And in fact, he goes a step further. He says, if you cannot forgive, I cannot forgive you. So if you want to be forgiven in this place today, you want to know you're forgiven of your sins and everything else, you've got to learn to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive others yourself. 
because that is a, a weapon that the devil will use against you and that's why the truth will set you free truth is our weapon the power of God is our weapon we carry the presence and the power of God upon us you gotta understand that when you're going out of the house you're not going alone he is with you he is for you and I'm telling you you'll have encounters I've had many encounters over time well, I've looked, I remember one guy on this youth camp, uh, somebody said, uh, this guy's acting a bit weird. Can you come and have a look? And I said, well, what do you mean by weird? <laughs> he said, he's got less anger and uh, uh, progression. And, and I said, okay. And, and I just I remember going into this room where he is, and uh, I just suddenly he looks up. We made eye contact. Then this is the big thing. All of a sudden, you could see his face just change. He was angry. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, come out, you know. And uh, he, was, he, he got more unsettled. I said, I said, no, in the name of Jesus, because you will be tested. The devil tests the authority. He wants to know you have authority. You, but you, if you don't know you have authority, he's going to find that out. I've known people that will go, will try to go, in the name of Jesus, come out. And the devil will come back, you know, who do you think you are? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and they run off. <laughs> that is not power. That's not power. In one deliverance session one time, I had this voice came out of this man we were delivering and the voice said who do you think you are and I said I know who I am I'm a child of God and I have all power and authority over the devil you come out in the name of Jesus and he did <laughs> but you know they will challenge you they try to question you you remember the devil used those tactics in the beginning he said to Eve did God really say that did God really say you can't eat that fruit see that's how he puts doubt into your mind uh, tries to deplete you of all that God has put within you. But don't be offended. Be aware of the schemes of the devil. Don't allow that stuff to, to get to you. You know, quite often we've had to practice, uh, we always joke around, uh, you know, there's been people that can tick you off sometimes, done the wrong, wrong thing, and, but you, you become a bigger person. Sometimes you don't want to, like they deserve that, you know, whatever. And, and I've bumped into people at parties and things, and, and I go, oh, there's that guy, I don't really want to see him. He's a, oh, dear. And there's God just reminding you, like, be a bigger person, be a bigger person. I go, okay, I'll be a Christian. <laughs> and you go, hey, how you doing? Yeah, good, good. And it's amazing how things can be broken down sometimes by that little handshake and just stepping out. You know, we've got to understand that we are in a battle. It's the fact of history and experience that no army ever won a war by defense. We cannot build if we do not battle. In the early part of the century, someone asked a well-known French general, in a war, which army wins? The general replied, the one that advances. Jesus did not call us to stand still, to retreat, defense, but be on the front foot we are those that advance we are not those that retreat because we are the winners we have the power and authority of God with us we can overcome the devil amen as long as Satan keeps the church in a thought of defense the kingdom will never never overthrow, be overthrown so to overthrow the devil's kingdom we got to know the power and authority that we carry we can do this you know, the devil is behind all chaos that's going on in our world right now, including the effects of what's going on with the virus uh, around the world. And that's another subject in itself, which I'll talk about one day. We must understand in the process of building the church, 
we will be battling the forces of Satan. This is never going to be easy. People think, oh, I'll be a Christian. It's all happy clappies. We're all great. Love it. You know, we sing these worship songs. That's great. As soon as they get a bit of opposition, it's like, oh, Jesus doesn't love me. <laughs> Jesus doesn't love me because I go through this hard time. It's like unbelievable. But I want to tell you right now, if you want to know what a hard time is, read the scriptures. Read what Paul went through. Jesus himself went through. Spat up beaten, thrown in the prison, uh, cat of nine tails, all these things. And they all counted it, you know, uh, for the glory of God, for the glory of God. You know, we've only got to have a couple of people call us names and we're falling apart. The devil goes, this is great. These guys are so easy to pick off. Um, we've got to be strong in these days. We've got to stand up on God's word, read his word, find out who you are in Christ. Stand up on a whole new level, going, I am a child of God. I know who I am, devil. And as soon as you say, I know who I am, and you really know who you are in Christ, the devil gets worried. He, gets, he starts trembling because he knows he's got opposition, because he works on deceit. But for now, our goal is to know who we are and to preach that gospel. Matthew 24, 14 says, This is the gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then it says, then the end shall come. So the devil knows the end is coming. And that's why he's speeding things up. Because he wants to pull down as many people as he can with him. Because he knows his days are short. Every day we are in the battle lines at work, in our school, wherever you are, you're going to have encounters. So I actually worked this out earlier on. If somebody attacks me for my faith, I knew I was having um, an effect on them. You know, so see it in a positive rather than a negative. I'd be at work and somebody goes, oh, you stupid Bible basher. Not that I bashed anyone with a Bible, even though I felt like it. <laughs> uh, but when they attack, well, I go, great, I'm getting through to them. They're getting upset because the devil gets, gets nervous. So, you know, and, uh, and, and so you know that something's happening when they start because they wouldn't the devil's not interested in you if you have no effect if you're powerless yeah not worrying about them he's attacking those that are waking up to the power they have in them in christ and he doesn't want that's alarm so he's got his his um fallen angels he's got them all the demons all in like regimented around the world to take on different sections and i'm telling you that the spiritual forces are incredible that they actually have zones. I'm trying to think where it was in South America. There was one a story of two countries that bordered each other, and this guy was giving out tracts, you know, about Jesus Christ, and everyone was grabbing, oh, can I have one? Oh, yes, I'll have one. And tell them the gospel message, and they're all receiving it. It's really good. And this guy goes, this is amazing. I've run out of tracts, you know. He picked up some more tracts. All he did was walk over the border into the next country, because there's no physical line there, Start doing the same. And we go, I don't want that rubbish. I don't want that. You know, don't, don't give me your stuff. He said he could not believe the difference from just walking one step that way, basically, over the line into another country. And he shared it with his pastor. And he said, well, do you realize the country that you were given out where it's being well received, they're on fire for Jesus. They've got prayer meetings galore going in the churches. They're having out, out, you know, revivals going on. This side here, nothing's going on. So the devil is having all the power, all the control, and, and taking the reins there. And that's the difference. He said, the only difference is these guys are praying, these guys aren't. The difference. So if we're to take ground, we've got to be these guys that are praying, and we've got to believe, because the battle lines are drawn and moved by how we pray.
pray or don't pray. And of course, we're seeing the devil working through parliament in all these ungodly laws being put into place. Uh, abortion to birth is the one we, we're fighting currently. And that's where Christians need to rise up. We need to be the voice of God in these times. And that's why we've encouraged people to ring their local politicians say, I, I oppose this bill. I, I'm, I do not believe in this. And you have to even be strong with this sometimes, that if you plan to vote for that bill, I will not be voting for you. We need to be that strong. There's no more like playing Mr. Nice Guy. The devil is turning up the heat. We need to fight back. We've just seen a stupid conversion therapy bill passed by Dan Andrews. That is just evil as, as uh, uh, someone put it the other day. Um, it's, the, it's the worst possible law or bill that's been passed in the whole world and affects the people. Basically, it would not allow me to stand here and say that marriage is between a man and a woman. I could be fined. I could be taken to prison. It does not allow me to pray for somebody if they were struggling with their sexuality, who they are, you know, and say, hey, let me just pray. I could be fine, put in prison. This is, this, is, this is real. This is happening. And of course, there'll be an effect in South Australia because they're going to bring somewhat of a bill like that here next. They're slowly infiltrating. You've got to understand this is the devil trying to get in, getting in. We've got to push back, push back. We can't allow these things. And we can do it. We have the power and authority in Jesus' name. But Colossians 1.13 says, for he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have all authority and power. We are delivered from that darkness. He has no hold on us. Now the devil has, he, he may try to fool you, but he has no power. So this morning, I want to read that scripture again. For this purpose, the son of God was revealed that he might undo the works of the devil. For this purpose, this is the one purpose that Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. And if we are a believer today, we also are part of that journey of undoing the works of the devil. But I want to say this morning, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now to do so, that you know you're on the right side because the devil doesn't care about you. How many people in Hollywood movies, I've heard the stories of them selling themselves out to the devil thinking they're going to get all the fame. Yeah, they may get the fame, may get the money, but it ends to death, eternal death. And that's how the devil tricks people. He entices them with good, what looks like something of a benefit. But I want to tell you, there is only one true life. There is only one true God's worth worshiping. That's Jesus Christ. And if you've not received him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now. So I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes, bow your head wherever you are this morning. For it's this purpose that Jesus came, that you should have life, life eternal in Him. But it requires that we make things right with God by repenting of our sin, asking God to forgive us for all that we've done. But we turned our back on Him, but now we want to turn to Him. So firstly, we need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry for all I've done. I repent. I changed my direction of the way I was going, and I'm going to turn to you. I ask God that you forgive me of all my sin and live for me. Live inside me, sorry. Live inside me that I'd live for you. 
that's what you feel God impressing upon you this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never uh, felt that your life was right, you need to get it right right now. Right now. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when, but we reckon it's going to be pretty soon by the way things are working. If you'd like to give yourself to Jesus today, give your life to Jesus, or perhaps once you did that and you've fallen astray or you're not sure even this morning, now is the time. This is the place right this moment. Choose whom this day you serve. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. And I'm just going to ask you if that's you. God is speaking to you right now to give your life to Him. You may have already done that, but if you haven't, the opportunity is right now. You just raise your hand wherever you are. I'll see that hand and I'll pray with you. Just need to see that hand and I know that this prayer is for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now is the time. Don't leave it till tomorrow. Now is the time. Make a decision for Him. Or he made a decision for you on the cross. The other thing I want to pray for this morning is that you as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, that you arise up in the power of God and to be that witness you were called to. That you will start to fulfill your assignment your assignment is a daily assignment. It may be something new. It may be somebody you sit next to on the train, on your right into the city or wherever, or on the bus, who you sit next to at school or work. God brings a, a daily assignment. But all he asks is that you fulfill that assignment. It may be talking to your neighbor over the fence, inviting him over tea, doing something simple that starts the journey to bring them to Christ. So I want to pray this morning for those people that feel a call on their heart because God has revealed someone to them that they need to be speaking to. And I just want to pray for you and those people. If God has put someone's face, like He does it, sometimes just in your mind, you suddenly see a face of somebody. That is God saying, this is the one I want you to pray for. This is the one I want you to reach. If he's done that, can I just see a show of hands on that so I know I'm praying for the right people? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay. Father, today you've seen the hands raised. God, you've put impressions in people's hearts and they've seen pictures of faces. These are the people that need to know Jesus. And Father, I have total confidence in the people that raise their hand. You have total total confidence in them. That's why you revealed the faces of these people, for them to reach out in love to others, as you did and demonstrated to us when you came to this earth, Jesus. Father, I pray you're empowered. They will feel a whole new empowerment. I pray the power of Christ, the blood of Jesus washes over this congregation right now. They rise up with a whole new fire, a whole new power in the things of God. For we are not those that shrink back, for we are those that advance on the enemy. We take back the the uh, we take it back the, the land from the enemy in these times. The enemy is stolen because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And this morning we come to claim that land in Jesus' mighty name. And we give you all the praise this morning, God, and all the glory. And we give you thanks.